who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Wait, no, that's not right. Um, in brightest day and darkest night. Nope, that's not right either. Um, I am vengeance. Good enough. Let's get dangerous. We're talking about Batman, the animated series. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show. My name is Drew, and this is The More You Nerd. And as we enter the month of September, we are at a crazy, crazy anniversary. 30 years of Batman the Animated Series. I'm not comfortable with that number. I'm not comfortable hearing it. I'm not comfortable thinking about it. But all this month, we have taken a selection of the best pieces of Batman TAS uh, uh, content, and we are going to talk about it. But I cannot do it alone. Miles, how are you, my friend? I I'm doing very well uh, because not only are we doing Batman this month and we are approaching my one of my favorite times of year. Uh, also just got featured on our friend Horror for Kids. Uh, talking a little bit about old Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, and if you uh, look at that video, you get to see what I get to see at least twice a week with Miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm trying I'm trying to strong arm Drew into making his own. Um, but I'm excited to talk about Batman. I think it's, I mean, not a controversial opinion that for a lot of people, certainly a lot of, of kids who grew up in the 90s, but I think for a lot of the fans of comic book characters, specifically DC characters, this is, I would argue, probably one of the most definitive runs of the character in the history of the character. Yeah. Um, I think it is. I mean, it was certainly an important show when it came out. But. I think the strength of the show has only shown more as time passes. And what makes this the show special shows more and more in ways that I didn't always recognize when I was younger. Obviously, I didn't have a scope of the history of the character. I was, you know, nine or ten when the show came out. But I think that what this show is able to do is not only give one of the best versions of this character, but they are able to balance so many things. The show is such a perfect storm of a wide variety of aspects from the actual style, from the way it doesn't hold your hand for the severity that the, the, the animators and the showrunners took the show, but also never getting too far off that edge, mostly. And <laughs> And being and not being afraid to be a little mature. I think that spoke so much to me as a kid because I felt like, you know, this came on 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 in the afternoons on Fox at 430. So this was like right before, you know, quote unquote, grown up television was going to start. So this always felt like the more grown up cartoon. 
in in my mind at least i don't, I don't know about you Drew, well, so, but... so for for me and i'm going to talk quite a bit about this as we go through the the episodes that we're talking about we have to remember that we've this is really the third phase of batman as a character and i'm and i and when i say that i am not talking about a comic book character i'm talking about the tv movie video because we have the 1960s batman which is campy and fun and wonderful and then we have 1989's batman movie which this series borrows style wise heavily from and and that's that's but it's not the 89 Batman movie. It might borrow elements of that, but it tells its own story and it has its own visual language that is really, really interesting. And in watching these episodes, because I mean, you know, we love we love this show. I don't go back and watch the animated series very much just because there's a lot of it. The first season had like 50 episodes. It's pretty, pretty yeah. I uh, know it had it had 65 episodes in one season. How did they do that? I don't know. I'm sure someone's hands and wrists were hurting. But you see some of these beautifully, beautifully animated shots, the style, the orchestrated music, and it is something really, really special that you don't see made today. There is not a cartoon on television that is made to the level that this was. And yes, not every not every frame looks great and there are animation mistakes and stuff like that, but you put it all together in this package. And this is even before we get to just the incredible voice work throughout the series that, uh, that, that we really have something, something special. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about this uh, one, because we're you know going to go through some, some great episodes of, of, of animation television of television in general i mean this show won emmys <laughs> like this, this show was a massive cultural phenomenon and you know it, what's funny is you know because we're going to talk a little bit about this this show to me this is the definitive version of the batman theme song so uh, uh, e- even though it's more or less the same this is what plays in my head this this the sequence that plays in my head when i think of the batman theme song is the actual title sequence of this cartoon okay i'll give you that because the song is the same versus the elfman movie theme there there are some differences but yes it is largely the same but but when you think when i think of batman i think of the beat for beat animated series intro um it is i mean when i hear those those the bump bump i think of the batarang hitting those two guns yeah you know, just the explosion. It's it is wonderful. Uh, the the I mean, we could talk about the actual way that it was animated and how it was animated on black paper instead of white paper. These are things that that that. Historically, we're just not going to talk about because honestly, like we've talked about that before we, on the show, though. And, and even if we haven't, five thousand other sure 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 this is this this is not a a animated series that hasn't been picked apart before i want to talk about honestly and the the reason that we picked what we picked is that that we just wanted to talk about the stuff that had meaning to us And, and let's let's get to our first episode tonight which was weird it was the 
like it was the 14th episode created, but it was actually the fifth episode to air fourth or fifth episode to air. Um, Do you remember what the first episode you saw was? So I, I, so this is the problem in that I know the first episode that came out. It was, uh, I think the cat and the claw, which is not a great episode. Um, but the first episode that I remember vividly is on leather wings, which is the, the actual the first episode, story. the man bat story. Um, and that part, part of might that is be the first one I remember too. Part of it. Part of that is because my son, uh, I have a, a, a almost 11 year old son who I have tried to like, we don't talk about sports or, you know, that kind of stuff. We talk about Batman and star Wars and, you know, cool things. Um, haha, I got you sports fans anyway. So, uh, the cat and the claw was episodes 15 and 16. All other wings was the first episode. So the thing is they, they, there is an animation order and a, like they did it in a special where they aired uh cat and the claw. And, and I think maybe on leather wings in the first, uh, I, I forget the, the specifics of it. Um, mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because if you look at the air date, Cat in the Claw is September 5th. Yeah, but they call they call On Leather Wings the premiere. That's so weird. And, and on, Leather, on Leather Wings, but they also debut, debuted that in prime time. Not just, not just. Uh, so that that was something that was done occasionally, because I remember hearing uh, when I worked in the movie theater, I remember this is a weird aside, but I remember being told about when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first debuted and it debuted on prime time interesting and everyone was like did you did you see that that was, that was kind of fun and i mean it's something that, that occasionally happened and especially on fox kids they would do, I mean, there was episodes of power rangers that when they brought some severity try to bring some severity to it they debuted it on prime time well, specifically uh, well, what the the uh, second season when they get the thunder zords that was at seven o'clock or no eight o'clock on a sunday i feel like i remember that happening too but the other thing is that about that is that you know animation used like the flintstones was a prime time series yeah i mean i think it wasn't really until the 70s <sighs> maybe maybe the hanna Barbera era that really kind of said oh yeah cartoons are just for kids and 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 for some reason this country specifically kind of got stuck in that there there's always been adult animation animation that is done maturely but i feel like that that became a a stigma for a very long time well and it became it it started to come back i think with this show um with with batman the animated series it is one of the first times that i remember a lot of people watching this show a lot of people of all ages I think it's the first it's the first cartoon that I remember. And I'm just speaking just purely from my my actual memory seeing on TV. Not something that I rented from from Blockbuster that was like anime or something like that by accident and seeing blood. Hmm. Because there were there are times where someone's bleeding often by the, the mouth or if Batman gets like scratched or, or hit or something, you know, you'd see a tear in the, the, the suit and a little line of red. You don't often uh, see blood spray spraying out from anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, I mean, it was, it was done tastefully. 
I think when I was a kid, I remember being on the car, <laughs> you know, another weird aside, but we'll get to the episodes. I remember talking to my grandmother because she, you know, she would, you know, we would chit chat as when I was a kid. And I remember talking to her so excitedly about this show because, you know, being, you know, a fan of comics and, and a, a fan of continuity in a weird way at, at a young age, I remember being so blown away by the fact that like, oh, if Batman and Robin have to take their belts off, those belts don't show back up randomly in the <laughs> next frame. Like so many cartoons do, where like if some someone does something, by the next scene it's it's forgotten. Where if if they if they don't have their their belt or if they did something specific, it's done that way the entire show. And to me, that kind of continuity just blew me away because no one did that. Yeah. Well, speaking of continuity, because there's a huge change in continuity for a particular character as we talk about Heart of Ice. Uh, so, Miles, yes, let's talk about Mr. Freeze. What do you know before you watch this episode about Mr. Freeze? Um, as a kid, I probably just really knew the Batman 66 episodes. Yes, where he was just a guy who needed to be cold and he had a cold gun and he would make puns and that was it. I don't think he had a name other than Mr. Freeze. Uh, he was originally, I think, Mr. Zero. I he think. was Mr. Zero, I think, in like the very first appearance in the comics. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, he was he 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 did not. He was just a a, a reg, like a zany, you know, silver age <laughs> character. Right. That that just had a special power. And that was it. Um, and, and Heart of Ice is. Such an interesting, interesting thing that to to watch this episode because i'll be honest this is the first time i've watched this episode in a long time and there's stuff about it that i did not remember from being a kid one thing i do remember and this is because this is something that that you know as you watch it the first time this episode is a an an emmy winner it was a daytime emmy because this was back when they would separate the daytime emmys versus the Mm -hmm. primetime emmys now they just do the primetime emmys um it was uh, outstanding writing in an animated program written by Paul Dini. Paul Dini, one of the co-creators of the show, one of the key writers, creator of Harley Quinn um, and creator of this Mr. Freeze backstory that has now become yeah, the character. I think he's he's I think he's the creator of Victor Freeze. Right. This, Like I said, this is the first time that we have a. A character. Well, this is the first time that Mr. Freeze has a name, Doctor Victor Freeze, spelled slightly differently and maybe a little on the nose. But you know, it, I, I, I like that they, they do give it. I, I like that they do that. I think it's fun. There, there is a little bit of that Silver Age comic bookiness that you kind of have to maintain with a character like this, but to reinvent it in such a thoughtful way, and I think that's what this show does really well. And as a result, people have kind of argued about the Rogues Gallery of Batman is that. He is not just some villain who wants to knock over a couple of banks or rule the world. He has a very different vendetta, and I think it's captivating. Yes, uh, to to we'll we'll kind of 
bullet point this because we have a lot to talk about uh, uh, today. But this version of Mr. Freeze was had his wife had a, a terminal illness um, that he was working on a cure for. But in the meantime, he froze her in like cryo fro- froze her so that she would not uh, suffer and die so that he could continue to work on the, the cure. And uh, Ferris Boyle, the head of uh, Goth Corp, uh, he he realizes what's going on and he shuts the program down and he causes an incident that causes a bunch of chemicals to spill on freeze, uh, turning him into this person that you know, can feel no emotions and uh, except for vengeance. I'm doing a terrible impression of of, of him, but uh, this is also uh, the first appearance of Mark Hamill in Batman mm-hmm. the Animated Series as Ferris Boyle. Uh, I don't know why outside of Luke Skywalker, all Mark Hamill can play is bad guys, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, not always. A lot of the time, though. Let's be real. Um, of course, is, Mark... Isn't he a good guy in The Witcher or whatever? Is he in The Witcher? Isn't he supposed to be in The Witcher? I thought that was a fan casting. I don't actually know if he's in The Witcher or not. <laughs> I thought he he was. Um, anyway, I'm not mistaken. Um, but a few things of note that I wanted to talk about is, and and one is that you know obviously this is a show from 1992, but when you watch this show, you see just how beautifully and specifically animated it is from time to time. Like this, this episode opens up with with Freeze and his goons. Uh, in a in a truck that he kind of opens these little panels and shoots uh, uh, his his ice gun out of. And there's just this moment. And Miles, I'm going to do this for the camera because I just noticed it. and I had to point it like most shows would just be like, eh. But in this one, it reaches up. And points forward in a very mm-hmm. like smooth way that is really, really interesting. It reminds me see. of like the Terminator. Yeah, it was just it was so, so cool. Um, and also, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, he uh, he wasn't in The Witcher. I was mixing it up. Uh, he's in uh, The Sandman. He plays Merv Pumpkinhead. Oh, so you haven't watched Sandman yet. So wonderful. Uh, beyond that. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say that I, I think you're you're onto something with some of the cho- the, the the visual choices this show makes, because I think there's something about the drama of it that we that you don't get anywhere else because it's not just like he's, you know, busting in there like stick him up. Like it's a very purposeful, methodic choice for him to like raise his hand up and then aim because Victor Freeze is all about his moment. You know, he's doing things as as he wants to. And this is his in his mind. This entire story is going to be his big victory. And I I really like a lot of the choices they make here because while you do feel for Victor Freeze, he's still a bad guy he, in 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 a lot of ways. And 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 that's what, what I love about this episode is that Batman knows that what is happening here, Freeze is doing things the wrong way, but he's not wrong. Batman no. Batman helps Freeze take down the guy that Freeze is trying to kill by the end of the episode. It doesn't kill him, of course, but 
but he 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 takes him down. But this is after we see one of the most shocking things that I have seen in a Batman the Animated Series episode in a long time. Um, Freeze has these henchmen, right? And we you know, henchmen, and mm-hmm. we see we see we see every time Freeze shoots his, his ice gun at something, like he hits a uh, shoots a batarang the Batman threw, and then it falls to the ground and shatters. He shoots the catwalk that Batman's standing on and it shatters out from under him. This dude's legs get shot. And his his buddies want to take him with him, but Freeze is like, let's go, leave him. And you you see this guy groveling and begging for help. And it leads you to believe that he's going to lose his legs. Yes. Um, and, and, And that moment is so brutal <laughs> it mm-hmm. is brutal in a way that i did not remember that happening in the episode uh and, and it's it in and of course batman is able to save the guy's legs which one does not make any sense because if they if flash freezing is enough to shatter anything else it would have never been yeah. able to come back yeah yeah i mean it's it's i mean come on um but I love it. <laughs> yeah. But and, and we have to talk about Michael Ansara as Mr. Freeze. Uh, Michael Ansara is is a, a pretty well-known actor. He uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in. Uh, uh, he was Commander Kang in Star Trek, the original series, <laughs> which is oh, wow. absolutely wild. Um, but he, he's he's been in, in a number of things. He actually uh, passed away back in 2013, 91 years old. Um, wow. If you see his face, you will you will recognize uh, you will recognize him. He was just kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of kind of one of those one of those faces. Um, and he just portrays freeze with this. And in fact, looking it up, uh, he was the the third choice to play Mr. Freeze. They actually were, were trying to get Anthony Hopkins to do it, uh, but I, Hopkins didn't do it. And, and Ansara didn't like the voice that Bruce Tim, who's the director was trying to get out of him until he kind of landed it because he thought that talking like he was going to sound like a robot and it wouldn't show enough emotion, but he just, he finds this way to speak very flatly and plainly and just have, so much weight behind the words it's it's so excellent i love it so yeah i mean he played victor freeze till the day he died i mean his one of his last roles was mr freeze in sub-zero um and he i know he he wanted to do it for the new batman adventures he did it for batman beyond he did it for at least one video game so i mean he he clearly like enjoyed doing this role. And I mean, this this happens to be the case with the, like the perfect storm of Batman animated series is a lot of the the talent they got wasn't their first choice. In fact, Mark Hamill was not the first choice for the Joker. They they were tr- really trying to get Tim Curry. Have you heard Tim Curry's Joker? I don't know if I have or not. I can imagine it. But I, ha- I, ha- I have heard what was purported to be Tim Curry's Joker, and I'm going to be honest, it wasn't great. See, that's what makes me doubt it, because Tim Curry's voice acting is typically on on point. It was so some, it was something for, I think. Uh, never mind that. Uh, that's that's too too tangential <laughs> for right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and and, all, and what, whatever would have heard would have been the roughest of rough cuts. I mean, you know, without yeah, anything else. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, 
not that not that uh, I want to live in a world where Mark Hamill wasn't the Joker, because I mean, I feel like he is the definitive Joker. And for most people, and when I read the comic book, I read Mark Hamill's interpretation of the Joker. And, and, you know, obviously we talk about Kevin Conroy all the time. Oh, I mean, we and we've mentioned this on the show several times. I don't read Batman's voice except in Kevin Conroy's voice. Like yeah. in my mind, when I'm reading a Batman comic, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. Um, oh, whenever I see something Batman related that's animated and Kevin Conroy is not the voice, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> there, are some, there are some people that do a good enough job, but you just can't beat. You can't beat the man. He's, no. he's so good. Um, this, this episode also, what I love about this is, is this episode is serious. This episode has real consequences. It has a real darkness. And that was one of the, the things about the show and that I feel like has accidentally had a detrimental effect on the character because while this show was dark, it understood the character and that also understood the fact that you don't need to be dark all the time. And this show has a real sense of humor. I mean, the consistent jokes that are played, especially between Alfred and Bruce, but it reminded me of something from 10 years ago. Okay. When Drew made the proclamation that he does not get allergies or he does not get sick because all he does is imagine that he's Batman. Works every and in time. this episode, in this episode, did it work last month? <laughs> well, that was COVID. That was a little different. <laughs> but but in this episode, Batman gets the cold. Which bothers me because cold temperatures don't make you sick. That's not a real thing. <laughs> That's not a real thing. And also, well, I mean, by the end of the episode, he sneezes one last time when he is in the guard costume and then the sickness is completely gone. Yeah, there, there's also that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's great. I, I, I love this. Um, but I also love that there's this joke because something Alfred says uh, when he gives Bruce the thermos to take out because Bruce Alfred's always the perpetual human being in this show, even here. And so when he gives Bruce a thermos, Bruce thinks maybe, oh, maybe he concocted some sort of special knockout gas. And he says the only thing to cure a cold chicken soup, <laughs> which is also what he uses to take out Mr. Freeze at the end. Yeah, that, must you also a, that must have been a Yeti thermos or something, because that soup no was kidding. still hot. Well, no, it, it couldn't have been a Yeti, because that thing didn't... That thing shattered. That <laughs> yeah. thing shattered like it was made out of porcelain. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, but again, the semantics don't matter. And because it ends with, you know, was it Summer Gleason that's, that asks him? You know, uh, what, what, did, what, did, what, what did you use? And he answers... The only thing to cure a cold. Yeah, it, so it, is, it is Summer Gleason who is there. Is it? Because she she is an invention of this show, correct? I, you know, I don't actually know that. So Summer Gleason is the sort of longtime Gotham news reporter. Um, the Vicky Vale, I guess. Yeah, she's not <laughs> Vicky Vale. And Vicky Vale does show up at some point, doesn't I she? I know. I think so. I, mm, I don't remember, to be honest. I don't want to pretend I know. Um, but I think I think she I think she is an uh, invention of of Batman the animated series, yeah, which I mean, and because she's a, she's a constant, and, and it's basically whenever there is a reporter, they they use her, and yeah, you know, I've I've always I've always kind of enjoyed. I mean, it, it, not that she does a whole lot. It's just a, a interesting character. 
Um, I believe she is also in our second episode. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't doubt. I, I actually know you're 100 percent right. Um, <laughs> but I, I like having. I, I like that the show does have a, a weird supporting cast for Gotham, and we don't get to see a ton of them. Like we don't see a ton of Jim Gordon in the two episodes we watched. No, but Jim Gordon plays a heavy, heavy role. And another thing that's wonderful about this show is, is as you go along, we're not going to watch these, these episodes, but we are introduced to Harvey Dent at least a dozen episodes before he becomes two face. I think we're also introduced to Barbara Gordon before she becomes Batgirl. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the case. I, I don't remember I that as much. Um, but yeah, that, that does happen. It doesn't happen a ton, but it is cool that we get some of these instances. Um, this is certainly a show that does care about its its material. And you can tell it's people that like understood what the 89 movie was trying to do. And but also loved the comic book origins and kind of made a best of both worlds. And I think it's the best iteration and the best use of the black and blue Batman coloration that's ever been done. Yes, it, it definitely, I mean, 100%. Uh, This, this show is, is the, the, the pinnacle of Batman for now. And, you know, it probably will be forever until they decide to do until the, something happens that, that that changes that. Um, but, Miles, I have to talk about I have to move on to the second episode we watched, because this is, I believe, the episode of Batman, the animated series prior to me having uh, my own child who watched on Leather Wings over and over and over again. This is the episode of the animated series that I have seen the most. It's it's definitely one that I glommed onto even as a kid. And even I don't even think as a kid, I knew it was Adam West. I don't I, I, I wrote that in my notes. I know that now and I knew that at some point I just knew that that was what happened. Yes. But I don't think I knew that then. And this is the way this show is written. It it still delivers that feeling, that weird passing of the torch that even as a kid, I understood through the language they were using what this episode was, even if I didn't know that that was Adam West. All right, so, so story time, Miles, story time. Um, I am I don't know how old I am when when this happens, but uh, it was i'm sure prior to elementary school i'm not exactly sure when in reruns on tv i started watching batman and this is not batman the animated series it was not batman 66 well it was but we didn't know that then we just called it no it's just batman batman no 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 batman will batman blah 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 tune in next time i loved that show i me too loved it adored it i would watch every episode that i could it was on for at least an hour a day it felt like it was on for four hours a day i know it wasn't but it's, it was one of those uh, tbs and the family channels uh when, when we were kids seemed to love playing that show 
And if it was on one channel, it would have been on another channel for another hour elsewhere. Syndication was weird, gang. Syndication was weird. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched that show. I obsessed over that show. I had to dress as Batman for every Halloween. And this is prior to the movie coming out. This is prior to Batman 89. So and, and when Batman 89 came out, I remember specifically we would all be on the playground playing and we all wanted to be Batman. Well, well, you'd be Batman in black and I'll be Batman in blue because then we could both get to be Batman. Um, it was a lot of fun. But this this episode this aired in 1992 of Batman, the animated series, Beware the Grey Ghost. I am eight years old. This episode starts with a quite frankly amazing moment of, of mm-hmm. this wonderful gray ghost theme written specifically for this episode it, it and 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 the 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 animation style of an old movie within the context of an animated series and they are animated differently so they have a different feel to it it's beautiful and then you sort of you sort of uh, zoom out and it's it's young bruce wayne watching this happen and you see him with his with his hat and cape on and with his action figure in his hands and the smile and just joy on his face and and this is the first time that i recognized that like it gave me a warm feeling in my chest watching it as an eight-year-old kid and i didn't understand why i didn't get get why i was feeling that way but obviously it was reflecting exactly what i was doing i had i was watching that 60s batman show and loving it and wearing my mask and cape and wearing my plastic utility belt that was falling apart because I wore it too much. <laughs> and it just had a plastic little clasp to it to, to buckle the thing together. And, and that, and, and, and that's what this episode is for me. Cause honestly, I don't think this episode is particularly strong as a story outside of a few very interesting moments. I think the villain is pretty weak. I think the plot is super thin. The, the villain, the villain is weak, but I think, I don't think that stuff is supposed to matter because this this show, this episode was supposed to be the team up of Batman and his mentor. Yeah, but but in, it was, in, in, in a way, but 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 that's but but yes, but it was it was watching little Bruce. And, and I remember how I felt then watching this for the first time. And and like I just I knew there was something about it that was reflected just i i it was as if i saw the comfort in a memory that i had only just formed if that makes sense it it does i mean because part part of what i love about this show is the juxtaposition the kind of retrofuturism of this neo-noir gotham where it looks like the 1920s but it still has technologies as if it's the 70s or 80s it's wonderful. It, it, and I, I love, I blame this show for me loving, uh, uh, art deco architecture and stuff. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly an influence, but I, I find that I always, cause I, I mentioned this in, um, an episode, not it's too, too long ago that I, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of the shadow. And I remember listening to the radio serials that I ordered from like, the Sears catalog, because I just, 
I loved that. And, you know, when the shadow movie came out, I was super into the shadow movie. And I feel like the gray ghost, ugh, the gray ghost is a pastiche of the shadow because I feel that Paul Dini is a fan of the work that uh, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill did in the 70s. And in the 70s, they had chosen to include the shadow in two episodes or two issues of Batman. And in one of those issues, Batman says that the shadow's work was a direct inspiration for what he became. Well, and, and even in this, I mean, if you look at the gray ghost, he looks like the shadow. He looks like the shadow. <laughs> he, they, there's the, I, I, I didn't write down the specific phrasing that they use, but it was almost exactly it's, who knows what very, evil lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> it's very similar. And I, I mean, I, that was one that that's what I was communicating. Oh, it's the shadow, not knowing it was Adam West. And then later finding out that Adam West voiced him just made that episode even just more of a masterpiece for me, because it doesn't matter that the villain kind of sucks. It doesn't. Everything here is a character piece about Bruce and Simon Trent. Yes. Like that's what matters. What this is doing matters for the character of Batman and the legacy of the character. And so, yes, you're going to sacrifice developing an interesting villain. And yes, you're going to make a silly Silver Age plot. But I think the beauty of this episode and really the beauty of a lot of episodes of the show is they embrace the Silver Age silly plot and just take it with enough of a grain of severity that it makes it work. Yes. Miles, and oh, go ahead. I'll, and then, then I'm oh, I was just saying, I was just going to say, and, and hearing Adam West and kind of seeing possibly Adam, uh, a period of Adam West's life reflected in Simon Trent the, makes this, this episode really powerful. So Simon Trent in this episode is down on his luck. He can't get work. He's having to pawn off his personal collection of, of trinkets and things that he's saying great ghost memorabilia, great ghost memorabilia and signing stuff because he can't afford rent and, and complaining to his agent about like, you gotta give me something. And his agent saying, Oh, they just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sai. They, they think of you as the gray ghost. I can't, they don't think you're right for this. And, and it's just, it's such a, a moment that feels maybe more real than it is, but this is before Adam West had become kind of, I was going to say a cartoon character in his own right, but uh, that would come just a few years later when he became the mayor on of Quahog and <laughs> family guy. Well, there there's that. I mean, it also kind of mirrors like George Reeves who played Superman uh, tragically uh, there, there, I like that it kind of leaned into that aspect of playing these characters and that kind of refer reverence to those actors, I thought was really touching. And even if if it's kind of a, a subtle nod and not like a whole like heavy handed bit, I I really enjoyed that. And I also like that. You know. It takes Simon Trent a lot to kind of come around from being he did, like he doesn't just like instantly like want to help batman he he's actively, still this kind of he actively doesn't want to help him he yeah he's a, he's he's a bit of old guy yeah and uh, justifiably and i i think that's what's so cool about this is is this story about these two people makes this episode one of the most memorable of the entire 
honestly one of the most memorable batman stories yes absolutely and 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 this is one of those things and and this is something that in watching this episode for the first time in 25 years you know 20 something years i realized something about this story that i had never put together before so in this episode batman is a young bruce wayne is watching the episode with the mad bomber and watching these buildings explode and seeing, you know, somebody recreating this stuff in real life. And he has to go to Simon Trent to figure out what happened in the episode. And I always questioned why that was. And then it hit me. Oh, it's because he fell asleep when he was a kid and never saw the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just that hit me so hard. Like, Oh, of course, this this makes perfect sense. They don't flat out tell you they 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 show you putting him to bed, but they don't explain. I fell asleep and I never saw the end of the episode, so I don't know what happens. They just they just let it happen. And and it's just such a natural, uh, cool, fun thing. Oh, I love it so much, Miles. It's 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 wonderful. And also, I, the the art, the art deco brutalist uh, uh, video store is one of my favorite things because <laughs> it, 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 it in true in true uh, Batman, the animated series fashion, it is a video store with gigantic towering aisles with tapes lining everything. So uh, it was it was very fun. Uh, and to and, and and in watching this and finding out that Simon Trent has the the tapes which, by the way, Cy, you probably could have made a lot of money a lot earlier knowing that you I, were the I, I only was thinking the same thing too. <laughs> the tapes. But, you know, uh, you were trying to, maybe you're trying to move past it and you thought you could do that and that's why you didn't want them released. I get that too. I do. But much like many cast members of the original series of Star Trek, at a certain point you move past rejecting the characters that people identify you with to adopting them. Uh, hence, I am not the books. I am not Spock and I am Spock <laughs> both written mm -hmm. by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, but, uh, but, but, uh, but another thing I love is, is, you know, when you, when you see Bruce as a kid and he's watching, he's sitting on the floor, you see his dad reading the newspaper behind him as he's watching the gray ghost. And when they get the tape, they are hooking it up in the, the Wayne theater in, in the mansion. And, you see chairs there, but Bruce Wayne, adult Batman Bruce Wayne, is sitting on the floor to watch it. And 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 as he's sitting on the floor, you see Alfred in the background starting the projector. And there's just this mirroring between that and and Bruce and his father when he was a kid. And it just it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. and then he brings in the popcorn. Yes, and and <laughs> which he eats like individual kernel, which is so <laughs> weird. I I just I I love it. I I love the explosions in this episode. The gang hand animation. You know I me and my love of hand animation. Uh, this this is just so well done, and there are moments where you see Batman. And he's got this orange kind of sheen to him, and and the we, the shadows are weird because of an explosion that's happening. And I just, I I absolutely love it. And and the final moments when 
you find out that that Simon Trent has released the the tapes and they're, now they're releasing the Grey Ghost on 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 video and and you see the lines around the corner and Bruce Wayne gets gets in line and and says make it out to Bruce and then he looks up at and it's like okay okay Bruce and uh and as he walks as as Bruce walks away he looks around and says I used to watch this show he says the same thing that Batman says he said, to yeah he says Trent. the exact same thing yeah and and I and and Simon Trent Adam West just says is that right <laughs> and uh just it's I love and now I'm crying. I'm crying. I love this episode, man. I it is something very, very special. Well, and it's not only that, but it gives it gives uh, the Batman legacy a, a real fictional character to revolve around. And, th- and it's one, at least an animation that it has, because I mentioned this last week and maybe it was just off air. You know, traditionally, they, they talk about that Bruce saw uh, a Zorro film when he was walking out of the theater to or when his parents were killed and they use they utilize this as as something that he he loved as a kid um the grego strikes is the movie that terry mcginnis and his family went to see before the phantasm murdered his parents and so it's something they've they've used in little bits here and there and I love it because I, I think what well, this builds the, for me is the legacy. The, fa- the of, phantasm doesn't murder his parents that they were going to. Well, right. But <laughs> yes. But it, the, yes. Before they they I, were supposed to murder the parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's from the but, Justice yeah, League the, Unlimited episode uh, episode epilogue epilogue, um, which is a fantastic episode. Um, and it's a complicated it's a complicated episode. it's a complicated episode that i love as much as i hate but i love more yeah, than i hate the same i i i am the same and i also want to talk a little bit about the, the gregos design because yes it is very much like the shadow and these 20s pulp heroes and it's really cool it's it's great that you can kind of make a simple costume like he's basically kind of in uh a suit a fedora and some goggles and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love when uh, I love when he go, opens the the tapes to pull out the tape for to or the 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 tape to to give to uh, or I guess the film canister to give to to Batman. They you see all of the episode names written on them names like Doctor Death, Spy Smashers, Terror in the Sky. I love mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I love when he's picking up different items like. He's got his own plane, but it's a little tiny toy of the plane that his character would have flown in the show. Um, and it, it just it. And really... I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Simon Trent was in Gotham Academy. Because I, I think that he has an, like, a rivalry with uh, I can't remember his name, Clayface, essentially. Interesting. I, I, I haven't um, read so... Gotham. I, I haven't read Gotham Academy, so. Oh, I thought you were a big fan of maps for some reason. Oh, you know what? I just I didn't put it together then. I just wasn't paying close enough attention because, yeah, I did. I I was getting Gotham Academy confused with the one where Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman are all going to high school together. That's a yeah, yeah. Uh, and in universe uh, Batman series or it's, DC it's series. been it's been so long since I read <laughs> since I read. But I think I think what makes this show hit even harder years later, and this is what I was kind of talking about at the beginning of the episode is you see the 
the reverence for the legacy. It won in the in the use of uh, obviously Adam West, but that passing of the torch is really special. And especially watching this episode with the knowledge of who's playing whom and the specific exchanges between Simon Trent and and Bruce Wayne Batman is wonderful. And I think that it's it's something we do. It's a side of Bruce we don't get to see very often because I think one of the problems in a lot of modern Batman writing is no one writes for Bruce Wayne. Everyone writes for Batman. And I know yeah. everyone loves to lean on the fact that, oh, Bruce Wayne's the mask. No, Bruce Wayne's still there. And I think I, I think very few writers are confident enough to attempt to write Bruce Wayne. And, and, and this is a show. And, and again, part of the reason that this show as a whole, not just this episode, but Batman the Animated Series as a whole, Part of the reason that this is the definitive depiction of Batman out, uh, even out, honestly, even outside of comics, even, even including comics, excuse me, because every time a, a different writer takes over the comic, the character changes a little bit. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. That's totally cool. We expect that from comics, but in this, sure. we have a hundred episodes of largely the same team working on this with the same actors doing the same roles. But because we have so many episodes, they have space to tell all kinds of Batman stories. And in fact, one episode that, that we, we aren't going to cover is, uh, is one where it's basically three, three different groups talking about their experiences with Batman. And they're all super different experiences and they match these different eras of batman like the super dark and gritty you know punch em ups or the the silver age zaniness or just batman helping get a cat out of a tree that kind of stuff and and, mm-hmm. and that's what i love about this show is that it gives this same performer the opportunity to do all of that and uh and that's honestly where I, I- that's honestly where that Justice League Unlimited episode epilogue is one of those things where I kind of want to add it to the list because it's so good. Um, I just sent you this because I forgot about this. Um, the Grey Ghost appears in the video game Arkham Knight uh, he, as he, a poster in Oracle's Tower. Uh, in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, uh, they, you can get a Grey Ghost minifig character and Adam that's, West that's, does... That- Oh, he has the voice for a gray ghost. Well, because he also because he does the voice for the 60s Batman in that move in that oh, game. Right. Too. So they already yeah. had him. So they just had him do that voice, too, which is just that's that, that's 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 fantastic. Because, I mean, yes, <laughs> I especially uh, able to be the cheapest you ever get a Batman or gray ghost figure because they released a run of Batman mid series figures several years ago, including a gray ghost figure. And that one goes for like 200 bucks now. Yeah, they. I mean, I. it's it's a you know, it's a it's a digital figure. Um, You know, I've got my yeah, I, I understand that. But like, it'll be the cheapest you can get at anything. Grey Ghost. <laughs> I've got my 60s Batman and Batmobile with Batman and Joker right behind me right now. Um, But yeah, I, I think I've got one of those. Too. I think this is where we should probably wrap up because we're just going to continue to say the same thing over and over. I mean, we love yeah. Batman, the animated series. There's no and question we'll- about it. We'll continue to talk about what makes this show so amazing. Um, and and not talk as much in, in circles, obviously, as as we're gonna do 
<laughs> we were going to do with with this one because I yeah I could I could talk about this all night despite how tired I am yeah so, uh, well, I, so- I can I can talk about this iteration of Batman forever and this specific episode and and really what it means to me as a Batman fan even as a kid like I just there is a weight to this episode that is so different from anything else I think in the entire series. And I think it's what makes it special. And I, I know it's entirely that and, they got Adam West and, to voice and, this character. And, and it hits differently if you have. If you've had an experience like that, if you've had the experience of watching a show like that dressed up in a costume because you had to be the character while you were watching the character. Um, and, and that's where I I, uh, I got to stop because I can I can keep going. But. Every great Batman has a great Robin. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we are going to talk about season one, episode 32 and 33, a two part episode. Robin's Reckoning parts one and two. Robin existed on this show. He became more. He was kind of. He wasn't in every episode. Uh, he was a guest star that became a regular. Yeah, he he was more frequent in later seasons, but he was at this point. Uh, was he a college student at this point? Yes. So he he has been he has been Batman's sidekick, but you know he's busy, and Bruce wants his his ward to get an education and go and do stuff, so he doesn't require him to be on the streets every night. Uh, but this this two parter is about Robin confronting the source of his trauma uh and 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 that is going to be very very interesting i cannot wait to see it because i i love the robin in this in this show um and yeah i know he stole uh tim drake's costume miles but it's fine oh and and kind of some of his character (laughs) well it's it's okay because later on tim drake in the batman the animated series just steals jason todd's character so well not quite we'll talk about that (laughs) (laughs) so what that's going to be next week robin's reckoning parts one and two all of this all of uh, the batman the animated series is available on hbo max by the way uh so you can catch the entire series there um if you would like to get in touch with us you can find us at the more you nerd.com you can tweet to us at the more you nerd you go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd and you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com so until next week we are vengeance we are the night we are nerd out, out.